Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. Before we get started with the podcast, I wanted to tell you about our annual fund campaign, More Choice, Louder Voice, now through the end of August. RCVRC is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization, and we need the help of our listeners to continue to provide resources like this podcast. Would you consider making a donation or becoming a podcast sponsor? Head on over to www.rcvresources.org backslash donate to make your contribution today. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the August 2022 episode of RCV Clips, our podcast about all things ranked choice voting. I'm Kelly Seacrest, a member of the Resource Center staff, and in today's episode, I'll be talking with Corbin Seekers, creator of a super cool RCV card game named First to 51, Brian Dorfman, RCV Texas Supporter Outreach Team Lead, and Kyle Herman, Co-Executive Director for Rank the Vote Ohio. Corbin, Kyle, Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. We are excited to have all of you on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, Kelly. Glad to be here. Let's get started by getting to know you guys a little bit. So tell us a little bit about your role in the Ranked Choice Voting community. And Brian, let's start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I got involved with ranked choice voting. I found out about it through a Massachusetts beer ranking event out uh, about half an hour from where I was. And it was really fun. And I got to talk to Nathan Lockwood, who's one of the heavy hitters in the RCV world right now. And he had me convinced from day one. So I looked more into it. And then when I moved from Massachusetts to Texas... I made sure to get involved and emailed uh, Harriet Wasserstrom. And now we are pushing through to get it passed in the state legislature. That's so exciting. And I love the idea of these beer ranking events. The place where I live has a lot of breweries. So I'm thinking that might be a good outreach activity here. Corbin, let's let's hear from you. How did you get involved in RCB? I... Got involved in RCV kind of by mistake. The 2016 election happened, and I was like, come on, guys. Like, there's got to be a better way. And sure enough, I did a whole bunch of research on different kind of voting methods and just stumbled uh, my way through a bunch of content about ranked choice voting. And then I ended up with a game. (laughs) But we'll get into that more. That's amazing. Kyle, what about you? I first became interested in ranked choice voting back in 2015 when a Harvard professor named Lawrence Lessig was running this long shot primary campaign for the presidency, where his whole plan was to fix democracy first and then resign after he passed these major reforms that included ranked choice voting. And then throughout the 2016 election, I saw how necessary ranked choice voting was to really fix our system and provide people with choices. And so I continued to post about it on my own social media until a friend tipped me off that there was a group in Ohio that was forming to try to pass ranked choice voting here in the summer of 2020. And so I co-founded our nonpartisan nonprofit Ranked the Vote Ohio back then and have been working on it ever since. Fantastic. You know, I think it's exciting to see that we represent several different states across the U.S., actually from coast to coast. I'm in North Carolina, we have Texas, we have California, we have Ohio. You know, ranked choice voting really is growing considerably across the U.S. right now with two states 
using it statewide and I think about 55 cities over 12 states using it in municipal elections. So it's exciting to see this work being done. But there's a lot of outreach that has to be done with ranked choice voting advocacy efforts. And there, there needs to be tools out there for us to use. So Corbin, this is why we're here today. We want to talk a little bit about the tool that you created to teach people about ranked choice voting. Yeah, the tool has just kind of evolved out of my own need as a hands-on learner. 2016 happened and it was incredibly frustrating, you know, from both parties. And when I started researching what other voting methods were out there, I came across a lot of great content. Two of my favorites, one of them was a podcast by Radiolab that followed the Irish election. It was one of the main catalysts that introduced me to ranked choice voting. And then I stumbled upon this random website. It's ncase.me forward slash ballot. N-C-A-S-E dot me forward slash ballot. And it's this random person's blog, and they created a hands-on way to experience voting. And if you're a nerd about voting, it's definitely worth checking out. But Nikki's website was the first time I really touched it. My life went on, right? Other than kind of getting a little bit exposed to it, life continued and separate, but it ended up playing a big role when I actually created the game in 2020 was in 2018, I was working on a project and the project was for a college admissions company that is a for-profit. They basically help huge universities funnel students into their admissions process. And what's so interesting about this industry is all of these admissions counselors are just salespeople. But because of government federal loans and government funding, that the government has actually, actually passed a law called Title IV. And what Title IV does is it makes it illegal for you to compensate people who sell education that's backed by student loans. So basically, you have this enormous sales force trying to sell education. But you can't incentivize your salespeople with bonuses. They actually call it the eBay rule because you literally can't give these admissions counselors anything that they could sell on eBay. So you can't give them a trophy. You can't give them a dinner. You can't give them anything to incentivize them. And so this pushed me into gamification. And on this project, I did a whole bunch of research on gamification and and came up with this way to help gamify this sales process. Anyway, so that was like 2018. In 2020, once again... It was like, you know, there's got to be a way, just the election process I found incredibly frustrating. And I started researching, how do we fix this? And once again, I stumbled upon ranked choice voting and a lot of the same material. There was a little bit of new material and there certainly is a lot of new material today, but I kind of was reading the same articles and finding the same podcasts. And I was like, okay, well, I understand it. I understand ranked choice voting in my head, but I'm a hands-on learner. And so... What I wanted to do was I wanted to experience ranked choice voting, and I looked for a way to experience ranked choice voting. And there really isn't a whole lot of instant ways to experience ranked choice voting. A lot of organizations have put together like website ranked choice voting events that you can participate in. Often, these will take place over multiple days or perhaps even a week. So you kind of vote on one day, and then you might get the result a couple days later or a week later. And you really don't get to kind of pull the curtain back and see the way that votes are moved and managed. And I just really wanted to experience ranked choice voting. So it started with a bunch of just sticky notes uh, on my kitchen table. 
And my wife was so patient with me as we tried to figure out how we could experience rake choice voting together. And finally, what we came up with was we would write down five of a thing. And once we had five of that thing, we would ask questions about that thing and then rank them. And then once we had enough votes, we would do ranked choice voting. And that was kind of the beginning of the game. And it has evolved since then. You know, that's so interesting. People don't want to change the way we vote because it's changed. It has nothing to do with improving the system or nothing to do with liking ranked choice voting or not liking ranked choice voting. Yeah. Often they're scared of it because they don't know how to do it. So I think gamification, building a game, really can give folks a hands-on way, touch and feel ranked choice voting. Plus, understand it's quite a party game. Corbin, would you share with us a little bit about the game itself? Yeah. So the game, right, evolved over about a year and a half. We've landed on the game as it is today. It's a party card game. So ideally, you got seven or more players. And the game is a predict the winner game. If you have an opinion and you can predict who the winner is, you can play this game. So let's say we're going to play around with a question from the animal category. So collectively, all the players come up with five of that category. So for this example, we'll use five animals. So let's say we're using monkey, lamb, kitten, squirrel, and a mouse. Then we would read a question and a bunch of questions come with the game. The question might be, which animal has the kindest eyes? And each player will rank the five animals based on the question. So in this case, let's say that I think, you know, a kitten has the kindest eyes. So that would be my first choice. And then a lamb, that would be my second choice. And then a monkey, that would be my third choice. And then a mouse would be my fourth choice. And a squirrel would be my fifth choice. Now, that would be a secret. And everybody playing would rank from which animal they thought they had the kind of size on the top to the least at the bottom. Once everybody had voted, you look around the room and it all depends on who's playing, right? You know, if you're playing with a bunch of your friends from work or if you're playing with little kids, you know, predicting which animal everybody is going to vote for, it will change every single time. Everybody predicts which one they think will be the winner and then players put their votes next to their first choice. And in some cases, you'll have a winner right off the bat, just like in the real world with ranked choice voting. But in most cases, you're going to have first choices spread throughout the five different answers. And then you conduct ranked choice voting. And until you get the first answer to have 51% of the votes, once you have your winner, everybody reveals which one they predicted would be the winning answer. And everybody who predicted it correctly gets a point. And whoever has the most points after seven rounds, nine rounds, you know, it's, it's really flexible. But whoever has the most points wins. I really love the way that highlights the process of ranked choice voting. Some of our audience are very familiar with ranked choice voting. Some of them are not very familiar with ranked choice voting. But essentially, the way it works is after the votes are all tabulated, first choices are counted. So if the person reaches 50% plus one, the candidate wins, like any other election that we experience. However, the magic comes in the round by round. And as you mentioned, with the questions that we're asking about the animals, you know, if each animal has, you know, one has 20%, one has 10%, the lowest vote getter then drops off. And the second choice votes of the people that voted for that animal first, let's say mouse was the lowest vote getter. 
Everybody who voted in first place for mouse has their second choice vote reallocated until somebody reaches 50% plus one. So you're really getting a consensus candidate here. And you're showing that through a fun, interactive way. Totally. And what's interesting, too, is when I first created the game, it was for the purpose of trying ranked choice voting. But I started taking the game to like dinner parties and just outings with friends. And depending on who was at these gatherings, oftentimes it just was not a comfortable place to talk about politics. So politics never even came up. And what's awesome about the game is only one person needs to understand ranked choice voting at the beginning of the game in order to play. because everybody has opinions. And so the way that you teach the game is literally just hear your five options, give your opinion with from your best to your worst. And once people have given their opinion and they've predicted and they put their votes out there, then the person who understands ranked choice voting physically conducts ranked choice voting in front of people. And I think what's crazy is like within two or three rounds, it clicks that people just kind of get it. And so you can play the whole game and never bring up ranked choice voting, but people know exactly what it is and how to do it by the end of it. Yeah, that's a really important point, too. And, and one thing we say to debunk the idea that people don't understand ranked choice voting is that we rank things in our lives every day. People understand that. I, for instance, really love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Tonight is my favorite. That's always my first choice. If they don't have tonight dough, oh, well, maybe I'll have the cookie dough. That's my second choice. Oh, guess they're out of that tonight, too. So maybe I'll go with Cherry Garcia. So people really do understand ranking. And once you frame it in the way that they understand that that's how it works, it really makes all the difference. So let's move on to how RCB organizations have already benefited from this game. Brian and Kyle. Tell us a little bit about how you heard about the game to begin with. How did you find First 51? I first heard about First 51 when Corbin made an Instagram account for it. And we followed each other. He reached out to me to explain his mission of educating people on how to actually use Ranked Choice Voting and asked if our organization, Ranked Vote Ohio, could give him feedback. And so I met with him on a call. And I was so intrigued by the game when he was explaining it. I was like, we have to share this with the rest of our team. And when I told them about it, they decided that we should have a game night. And so we turned it into a fundraiser and had a really fun time playing the game together, both with old team members and with new converts to Ranked Choice Voting. I love to hear that new converts to Ranked Choice Voting. That's a, a nice way to frame it. So, Brian, tell me how RCD Texas decided to use First of the People. So, I think we kind of fell in after Kyle's event had already happened, but the same exact story of it got popped up on my Instagram feed. Thank you, the algorithm. And that's the story of it. Corbin sent it to me. Uh, and said, hey, how did you hear about us? I told him, found you on Instagram. This is what I do with ranked choice voting. And he said, oh my goodness, let's do game night. So we ended up having just a nice, relaxing game night, I, I believe. And it's been told to me before, so I'm stealing this. But the movement that plays together stays together. So we decided, let's have a nice game night for people. 
who are already in the RCV scene, and it worked out nicely for us. So I'm interested in how the game night was actually structured. I know, Kyle, you mentioned it was a fundraiser for your organization. Brian, you said it was a nice, relaxed night of game playing. And I actually agree with you about the movement that plays games together stays together. But tell me a little bit about what the actual event looked like, felt like. How did people react? Yeah. So for Texas, what we did was we all got together on Zoom. We jumped in and Corbin had this great setup that I'm sure he can explain better uh, with, I think, three different cameras and you have to have like the overhead camera and the Corbin camera and the card camera where you can see how the game is being played. So it required a bit of chatting back and forth with Corbin, but in person, um, it seemed like it was really a good game to sit down around a table. And it was still fun that we got the chance to talk with each other, have conversation, and at the same time play this game that ended up explaining RCV to us in a whole new light. Kyle, how about you? What was your game night structured like? Well, we weren't sure how to plan it at first because we didn't know how many people would show up because the game can be played by a varying range of people, but it's more fun when you have about 10 or so, but it becomes unwieldy after that. And we lucked out that we hit the sweet spot. And the interesting thing about the game is that every time you play it, it's different because you are coming up with the candidates, uh, so-called, on the spot without knowing what the questions are going to be. And so when Corbin asks us to name five TV shows, for example... People might be thinking generally, oh, what are my like favorite shows? But that's not the type of question that gets thrown at you. It'll end up being something like, which TV show has the best fashion? And so then it's really interesting deciding how you would rank them yourself, but also trying to guess how other people would rank them, then figuring out what the actual consensus is once you go through the rank choice voting process. And so we had a lot of fun. And our volunteer coordination lead actually uh, bought the game at the end of the night. And I think others might have as well. But I know that she did for sure. And we played it at a, another meeting that we had. That's great. I love that you're keeping it moving forward so that people are using it in the space. The best way to spread the information about ranked choice voting, as you well know in organizing, is to spread it to other people who give it to other people who tell other people. So this is a great way to do that and a fun way to do that. Just out of curiosity, off the top of your head, what would be your favorite category to play with five candidates? Tell us the five candidates. I loved the animals round because I'm a big animal fan. I've got my dog and it just gives me a chance to show off my dog. (laughs) And so my five animals, you got to do dog, start off with that cat, natural mirror, uh, then get monkey, get a little weird. Oh my gosh, uh, armadillo. You gotta go, you know, nice and uh, desert style. And then a dragon, get a little mythical. I love it. I-, I was actually sitting here thinking, I had not answered my own question yet, but I was thinking shoe styles would be a lot of fun for me because I love shoes. So tennis shoes, high heels, Tevas, 
flip-flops, and running shoes. I think my favorite category is restaurants. And I would probably go with, gosh, what restaurants would I go? I'd probably choose five local restaurants. And I pick restaurants because my favorite question is in the restaurant category. And the question is, so thinking of your five restaurants from your local area, which restaurant would you see a rat in and think that makes sense? (laughs) That's a great one. For me, I really like doing the rank choice voting when it is like for food or drinks because I love to try everything, but also because I'm also very indecisive when it comes to things like which flavor of ice cream should I order? Because, you know, I have my favorite chocolate flavor, my favorite like fruity flavor and stuff like that. And it kind of depends on my mood. And so I like being able to rank things to think like, oh, well, if I'm in this mood, then I pick this one. If I'm in that mood, I pick another. And then have like my least favorite either way would be at the bottom. And that's kind of like how ranked choice voting should be used so that you can sort of like get something that if not your favorite, then something closer to the top. Absolutely. I think that that fun way to approach it is definitely the way to help people understand. So Corbett, you did this event in some states other than Texas and Ohio. Can you tell us a little bit about those experiences and were they similar? Were they different? Did it depend where you were? Yeah, every game night was different. And in some cases, the only people that showed up to the game night were the organizers. And then I think our biggest event had over 30 people. So one of the cool, flexible things about the game is I created the game during 2020 and 2021. And so we were all in lockdown at the time. And so one of the requirements for the game when I was designing it was this game has to be able to be played with one person. And so as we've been talking about like the number of people playing, everything that's been said has been different and true. So the game can be played with one person and it can be played with any number of people. The sweet spot is definitely seven plus for the game. And then when playing on Zoom, because, and my wife was helping me in the background, people were like chatting me their answers. And then we were quickly sorting all of their votes and putting it under the camera because that physical experiential was really, really important as we were playing the game. So because of trying to play on Zoom, we were capping the number of players on the Zoom nights. In person, you can have as many people playing as you want as many as you have, you know, vote decks to play. So it can be 50, 100, but you need a vote deck for every player. So I think for a number of them, like I said, there was, you know, somewhere between three and seven players. And then there was a couple in that like sweet spot of 10 range, 10 to 12. And then the biggest one was around 30 players. And in that instance, we only had 10 people voting so that we could kind of keep the game snappy and keep it going. But then everybody got to predict which answer they thought was going to get the most votes. So even when just 10 people were playing, we kept everybody involved by letting everybody predict. And then they would have bragging rights if they predicted correctly. I think the prediction side of this is really interesting because that seems to be where people sometimes get hung up. Of course, I know how to rank things. Of course, I know how to have an opinion. But I don't really understand where the winner comes from. and so. Putting that in front of them, having the hands manipulating the cards, 
and having this opportunity to predict really helps people to understand what the process is. So I appreciate that part of the game so much. So what do you think the impact was of the game for the events that you held? I think the impact of the first to 51 game is that it takes ranked choice voting out of the abstract political world and sort of depoliticizes it and just makes it about finding consensus on the choices that we have in everyday life. And so it's a lot easier for people who especially don't like politics to understand like, oh, maybe politics could be better if we had this system where we could come to consensus instead of just dividing and hating each other. Yeah, Kyle, I'm right there with you. I think one of the cool things is once you take it out of the abstract with that and really get people hands-on and competitive in a game, because like Corbin, you said, the gamification of anything makes people more invested in it. And so you get people who before they didn't care at all about ranked choice voting. Now, every time they hear about it, they're going to think of their time playing first to 51 and the amount of fun that they had and how I want more people to know about this so that I can play my game that I've loved before. Yeah, I totally agree. The depoliticizing of ranked choice voting, I think, is huge. I hope that one of the biggest impacts is when we try to have conversations with people we love, like the last thing I want to do at a family reunion is bring up politics, period, right? Like there is no way that I would bring up politics in so many contexts and I don't want people to bring it up to me, but by having a game that is just about your opinions and fashion or TV shows or animals, you're able to expose this concept and so I hope the impact was that it will enable people to have really positive, safe interactions around this really awesome opportunity to find consensus. I think that's a really important point to make. I really like the idea of not politicizing the process, of really looking at it through a different lens and taking it outside the political realm. We've experienced over the last four, five, six years, a lot of change in our political system, a lot of change in how we talk about politics. And I agree with you 100%. Family reunions are not the place to bring up politics. <laughs> and I'm sure many others agree with us on that. But if you can bring it to the table with a fun spin like this game, I think that makes all the difference in the world. So any lessons learned from this experience that, you know, maybe something you would do differently, maybe something that you would take away that you would always do? My biggest lesson learned is how important it is to depoliticize it and make ranked choice voting more fun and accessible to people to see how it can be used uh, in so many aspects of our lives uh, instead of just in the political realm. You know, it's funny you say that because I have actually used ranked choice voting with a group of friends to help decide a date for a function. And they kind of knew what I did. They kind of knew that I worked with election administration and ranked choice voting. But they were so excited once they participated in the vote and saw that, you know, yeah, we were just using it to pick a date. They understood it much more clearly. So that's a great takeaway. Brian, anything for you? My biggest fear, and we'll, we'll make it big impact too. 
My biggest fear going in was that having too few people would make the game less fun to play or not allow us to even play. But as it turned out, we had, like Corbin said earlier, lots of fun playing it, and we got to play it perfectly well with the people that we did have. And that kind of applies to big rank choice voting, too, that it doesn't matter how big or small the election is, that if we put it through the lens of rank choice voting and apply that rule set, voting can be improved regardless of whether you're doing the local school board election or the governor's race or the new president of Earth. It'll work no matter what. One of the lessons learned that I've had from now playing ranked choice voting with so many different groups of people in so many different ways is just how easy it is for people to pick up and that I think that there's incredible value in doing it in person. The Zoom game nights were awesome and they worked. We were in the pandemic. So even, you know, these state organizations were remote at the time and it worked. What's so cool is, and this was really like highlighted when playing with children, is when you start moving the votes around and you kind of do that ranking shuffle, if you will, it clicks in people's heads. And I don't know if you've ever seen a kid who wants to do something so bad and their head and their hands are no longer connected. And so the hands keep jumping out to do the thing. But then in their head, they know they're not supposed to, but their hands, they can't control their hands. In person, you see that kind of enthusiasm for discovering the winner. And so I would say kind of my takeaway is get it in person, building community, having fun, and having tangible experiences, it turns out that you can learn stuff too. I love that. And I like that description of you know, a child being so excited that their hands are disconnected from their brain. That really portrays the, the enthusiasm that we want people to have about voting generally, because we have a lot of apathy about voting in the United States, but also about this reform that we are talking about with range choice voting. So we're getting toward the end of our podcast, but I'm really interested, Corbin, in hearing about your vision for the future. Where do you see this going? Oh, man. So first and foremost, ranked choice voting to be used for the presidency. But starting today, one of the funny things is my whole family now knows about ranked choice voting because Corbin made a game. And I've been able to play a game with them. And my family is across the board. We got the city slickers and we got the people who refuse to enter the city in our family. But this game has allowed me to kind of just have fun with people and introduce them to something that I'm passionate about. My vision for it is just have fun, introduce people to ranked choice voting in like really safe, approachable contexts. And I have this weird hope that somebody is going to do this at a farmer's market. And the winner of the ranked choice voting, whatever local restaurant is at that farmer's market that wins ranked choice voting, gets like a $50 tip per person at that stage. And then what you'll end up with is a bunch of different vendors telling, you know, like the hot dog vendor and the donut vendor and the cheese vendor all telling you, hey, go over there and rank us number one in this ranked choice voting thing. How awesome would it be if you had every food vendor at a farmer's market telling people to go rank them first? And in doing so, you really wouldn't need to be political at all. All you're saying is people are encouraging other people to go vote for them because they want 50 bucks tip. 
But in doing so, it would give the people, the ranked choice voting competition, the opportunity to say, hey, you know, what you're participating in is ranked choice voting, and this is what we're going to do. I don't know. I, I just want people to have fun and, and to be exposed. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to look at it. I think normalization of the voting method makes it a lot easier to implement the voting method. When people understand and know about it, they're not thinking of a you know, magical way of voting or magical way of choosing a candidate. And making sure that people have exposure to that is one of the keys to this game, I think. So final question. Describe your experience with creating and playing the game in three words or less. Infotainment. Surprisingly educational fun. I think I'd go with unique, quick, and fun. I love it. Thank you so much, guys, for being willing to come on and share your experience with First to 51 and all the wonderful things that are being done with this game. I hope to continue to see the game used with advocates and opportunities that they have, but also for people, just, you know, anybody, anywhere to use First 51. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate your time and your energy that you're pouring into ranked choice voting and especially your time and energy sharing these few minutes with us here at the Resource Center. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having us. Glad to have been here. And now for this month's final round where we share an interesting bit of trivia, useful tidbit, or something we thought was just cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Here's Renee Rojas with this month's final round. Did you know that a new version of RCTAB, the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center's universal tabulator, was released last week? The RCTAB version 1.3 update includes a handful of quality of life updates, such as expanded support for Dominion Cast Vote Records, CVRs, the ability to upload multiple CVR files at once, and user interface updates. In addition to these enhancements, we've also included various bug fixes and backend updates which promise to make version 1.3 even better than the last version of RCTAB. And that's this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our August 2022 RCV Clips episode produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the show for the latest episodes and updates, and take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about RCVRC and Ranked Choice Voting, check out our website at www.rcvresources.org. The production of this podcast is supported by the generosity of our donors. Donations can be made directly on the website or by texting Donate RCV, all one word, to 51555. Please don't hesitate to contact us with any donation questions at donate at rcvresources.org. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rcvresources and on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Our theme music today is Flutterby by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Kelly on behalf of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. <laughs>